This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Almost a full three-hour vehicle that we have for you. Two and a half hours to be exact. We'll take it right up until 9.30. Then it's a little Rangers hockey, the blue shirts. Wrap up their West Coast trip, seeing if they could string back-to-back wins together on consecutive nights in Anaheim against the lowly Ducks. Gordon Bombay's not coaching tonight. No Charlie Conway in the lineup. You film buffs will understand that reference, I hope. But nevertheless, we'll take it right up until 9.30, and we'll turn things over to Dan Grasse. He's got the pregame show for you. And then it'll be Donnie and Dave Maloney on the call for tonight's contest. As always, you can get me on uh, Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And let me be the first, probably not the first, but you know what, the first of many times on this show to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hope you guys are safe, healthy, with friends, loved ones. Maybe it's people you can't even stand. But you know what, whatever it may be, hope you have yourselves a great Holiday over the next few days. To me, it's pound for pound the best holiday because you don't have to worry about gifts. You don't have to worry about buying things for people. It's just sitting there and eating. You know, it could be a lot of work depending on if you're like having people over, so on and so forth. But still, it's the best holiday. It's food. It's football. It's football. It's food. There is nothing that compares to Thanksgiving. And I will go out on a limb and I will die on the hill that the single best meal that you will consume all year long is not Thanksgiving the day after Thanksgiving. That is the best meal of the year. There is nothing like it because you already know what you got, okay? You already kind of gave it the test drive the day before on Thanksgiving. So you know what works, what doesn't work. You know what works in particular in what combination, right? Still tastes just as good the next day. And to me, maybe the best part of all about the Friday day after Thanksgiving meal is that generally speaking, you're probably just in the comfort of your own home. You know, you're not entertaining if you maybe hosted the day before or if you, you know, went to somebody's house on Thanksgiving. Like, this is just you, like your home, right? It's your comfort area. You can wear sweatpants. You do whatever the heck you want, and the food is just going to be outstanding. That is why the Black Friday meal is the greatest meal on the calendar. I'm sorry, I will take on all comers and all objections, but the Black Friday leftover Thanksgiving meal is hands down the number one meal that you will consume in any of the 365 days. Easy. Maybe Don should do that as a top five. Like, what are the top five meals, days to eat on the calendar? Don, I'm planning an idea in your head. If you're listening, you know, chalk that one up. Maybe you could squeeze it in before the year is over. Anyway, busy show for you. You know, we only have two and a half hours. We've got to squeeze it in. We'll do some behind-enemy-line stuff a little bit later on in hour number two. Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN. Giants will see them tomorrow, of course, in a big one. Tom Thayer, who was a member of that 85 Bears team on the offensive line, though, but he's been part of their radio team and uh, is the color man in the booth for them on the radio side. He'll join us a little bit later on, too, as the Jets will see Justin Fields and company coming up on Sunday. And now we know, that's right, who the Jet quarterback is going to be. 
on Sunday afternoon against Chicago, and it's not going to be Zach Wilson. It will indeed be Mike White. If you listen to the show last night when we got together, you kind of, at least I got the sense that that was the way the wind was blowing. I was pretty much convinced that they weren't going to go back to Zach Wilson because otherwise, I don't know why you said what you said on Monday if you were Robert Sala, right? To let the cat out of the bag and let the world know that, hey, you know what, we're really given this strong consideration that we're going to make a change at quarterback. Now, you could have said that could have been to put him on notice, give him a swift kick in the you-know-what. Hey, you got to play better. This is a meritocracy. Nothing is going to be given to you. You have to go out there and earn it. All of those things. But the more and more I thought about it, I just thought that something had to change. And you could not run it back with the same conductor who was responsible for what we saw on Sunday afternoon out there in Foxborough. You just couldn't do that. You know, if you were 3-7, and seven, if this was last year, if this was a rebuilding year, if you were just maybe trying to get a gauge on what the future was going to look like, then maybe you could even justify it, as crazy as that sounds. But that's not last year. This is a good football team, right? This team is 6-4. and four. This team has designs on making a playoff run this year. This team could very easily be in first place right now. Easily. And dare I say, if they had competent, mediocre, average quarterback play at Gillette Stadium last Sunday, we'd be talking about the first place Jets on Thanksgiving, but you didn't even get that. That was too much to ask. Couldn't even muster that. That being said, and like we've articulated for the last couple of nights, you look to leadership in these type of instances. And I think the decision that Robert Sala came to, along with, you know, in consultation, I'm sure, with the coaches and with Joe Douglas and, you know, the staff and really the the brain trust of the organization, I think what you saw was leadership. And that's not always a given, and that's not always something that's easy to find. Because the easy thing to do would have just been go status quo. And to resort back to, this is the number two overall pick in the draft. We think that he's the future. We have a lot invested in this guy. We wasted a premium pick on a quarterback. And God forbid, if you waste another premium pick on a QB and he doesn't pan out again, I mean, that's like par for the course for the Jets, right? Every single few years, it seems like Jets are taking a quarterback high and he doesn't work out. That would have been the easy thing to do, to justify the pick. But you got to answer to the other guys in that locker room. As I'm always quick to point out, that's what leadership is. Leadership is sometimes making the tough decisions, doing the unpopular thing. Although in this case, I just don't know how unpopular it really was, if at all, to the people in that room. You look to your leaders in these situations. When adversity hits, how are they going to prevail? How are they going to lead? And I think the decision to switch quarterbacks and not even so much to turn it over to a guy who that is who's pretty much universally beloved in that room. It's more so making the switch from the guy whose play was not warranting him staying in the starting lineup. That's what leadership is, and I think that you saw that with the decision to switch QBs. Now, are we going to sit here and say that Mike White's going to be the answer for the rest of the year? I, I mean, that's still tough to say. It really and truly is. But this is a game on Sunday – that regardless of who the quarterback was, Jets are expected to win this game. They're better than the Chicago Bears. Chicago's not a good football team. 
All right, Justin Fields is out there, and you know what? Even if he was 100% healthy, Jets should still win this football game. But now he's out there playing with a separated left shoulder, which makes matters even more difficult for them. And whether it's him, whether it's Trevor Simeon, it doesn't matter. Jets should win this game. Go out there and prove that you are indeed a playoff-worthy club this year. Jets have not lost back-to-back games all season long, and you don't expect them to start now. So I don't think it's necessarily a case of just, yeah, the Bears' defense really isn't all that good, that Mike White hasn't played yet this season. We're going to put him in there, and we think that he could do some good things because he's, he's playing an inferior unit, so to speak. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think they truly believe that Mike White gives them the best chance to win on Sunday. And then, of course, if he gets out of that game in one piece, you figure he's going to start again in Minnesota a week from Sunday. And then you take it one game at a time. But as I just got done saying to the guys a little while ago on the K-Show, Robert Sala says the book is not closed on Zach Wilson, and I believe him on that. I really and truly do. Really and truly believe it. But when he says that, and he says that they expect to see him back on the field at some point this year, that's one area that you can't necessarily make a promise and guarantee, in my opinion. Because just like you did the difficult decision of putting Mike White in on Sunday and benching the number two overall pick, a guy that you swore up and down by just about a month or so ago when you know he was asked repeatedly if he's going to remain the quarterback the rest of the season, and he said yes. You're kind of sticking yourself out there again by saying that, you know, Zach's going to play again. Well, I'm not 100% sure that that's the case if Mike White plays good winning football. And you know what? Even if the Jets still lost this past Sunday, and let's say Zach Wilson had a game, you know, maybe to the, to the caliber that Mac Jones had, where it wasn't anything like earth-shattering, but it was okay, right? It was okay. And let's say the Jets still only put up three points on the scoreboard and lost. Even if the performance, though, was so-so, I think they're running it back with them on Sunday. But it took a performance to the levels and the depths of something that you don't really see all too that often from an NFL quarterback for a change to be warranted. And I think they got it right. I really and truly think they got it right. And now the question is, how long are they going to ride with Mike Wright? How long is it going to be the Mike White show? They love Mike White. Players love him. And he had that Cinderella game last Halloween against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? Now he's going to get at least more than one game, you figure. And he's got a chance to author a story for himself. I think about what's at stake for Mike White. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mike White's the Jet quarterback for the next 10 years. I'm not going that far. But again, it's a great opportunity for Mike White that even if his future is still not here with the Jets, he's still getting more games out there on tape, and he can author himself a pretty good story and make himself coveted by one of the 31 other teams once the offseason rolls around. Remember, Matt Flynn had one good game filling in for Aaron Rodgers. Last game of the season with the Green Bay Packers, and that got him a contract in free agency from another team that set him up for the rest of his life and for his kids' lives, and then some. It's all it takes in this league because you see how desperate and how demanding the quarterback position is, and if you don't have one, you don't have a chance, as I like to say. Your thoughts, 800-919-3776. You surprised? And I guess more importantly, are you surprised that Zach Wilson's now the number three quarterback? Not just the backup, but the number three. We'll share what both the head coach and the quarterbacks had to say earlier today out of Florham Park from where I was at. Spoke to a lot of guys in that room today. 
Again, big game tomorrow for the Giants. In Big D, and boy, I said it last night, if you could get a plane and get down to Dallas, pregame workout, they might sign you. They may put you in a giant uniform because they are hurting for bodies right now. Hurting for bodies in the worst way. This would be one hell of an effort if the Giants could pull this one out tomorrow, but that might be too tall of an order. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN. He'll join us a little bit later on. Tom Thayer, Bears Radio Network, will join us later on, too. We'll go through the Thanksgiving slate of games, and you know what? It's a good slate. The three games, they're good. That is a nice trifecta that the NFL gave you on Turkey Day. lot to do in a condensed time frame tonight. It's Thanksgiving Eve. We're with you until 9.30. Then it's Rangers Hockey. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, we'll be back with you on Friday, but not in our usual spot. We're going to be holding down the... TMKS afternoon portion of your programming schedule on Black Friday. So we'll see you at 3 o'clock. Recapping, I'm sure, the giant game in Dallas and talking about the rest of the week. What are we up to now? Week 11, week 12, week 12 in the National Football League. Big one, of course, for the Jets on Sunday with the Mike White take two era starting here for the green and white. All right, let's get to the phone calls. A lot of people want to chime in, of course, as to what went down today at Florham Park. Let us say hi to John and Freehold. He's first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? How are we doing, Danny? How are we doing? Good, John. What's going on? Well, you asked the question, are you surprised? No, I am not surprised, Dan. Uh, this kid is cocky. He's overconfident. He's arrogant. And I think he needed to snap himself back into place and get a dose of reality. And hopefully this is a wake-up call for him, like smelling salts underneath the nostril. And he's going to wake up, and he's going to work harder, and he's going to be more focused, and he's going to be on point in every aspect that there is to become a efficient, not efficient, but a uh, standout quarterback in the NFL. You know, a lot, a lot of talk has been made of the uh, game manager. All he's got to be is a guy. To me, that bothers me, Dan. To be honest with you, if you if the bar is that low for the second overall pick in the NFL draft, this guy's got to be a stud. He's got to be. You know, a guy that can take it to the promised land is the number two overall pick. We haven't seen it yet. Hopefully, like I said, this snaps him in place. It's a wake-up call for him. He gets a dose of reality, and he puts the work in in all aspects that you need to put the work in, and he gets a full support system from the entire organization to make that happen, and he turns this thing around. But uh, it had to happen. It had to come. And my question for you is this, Dan. What's going on with our grounded jets right now? 
what's going on with Makai Becton with his rehab, Brees Hall, but uh, more imminently, what's going on with Max Mitchell, Big George Fant, and uh, Corey Davis. We need those guys back. Well, the last three guys, Johnny, and thank you for the phone call, the last three guys actually returned to practice, believe it or not. They opened, they opened up George Fant's practice window, and the way that it works for guys that are on injured reserve is that they open up a practice window for you, and then they have three weeks to be able to activate you from when they open up the practice window. Max Mitchell's has been open up now for a couple of weeks, and um, I would say that Max Mitchell's probably further along than George Fant is in terms of the recovery. Corey Davis was back at practice today, so there's a chance that maybe he's able to get back out there on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, which certainly would be big for the entire offense as a whole, not just in terms of the pass game. But, you know, Corey Davis is one heck of a run blocker on the outside, too. A lot of guys, you know, point that out about how useful he is to them. But, I mean, Mekhi Becton, he's not coming back this year. He had surgery, and, you know, they think he'll be ready to go for, you know, OTAs and minicamp and that sort of thing. But Becton's not an option this year. The other three guys, you expect to get them back. Uh Saw Nate Herbig walking around today, too. I mean, he's somebody, I think, whose absence was felt last week in that game up there in Foxborough. Here's the bottom line. You know, back to the quarterback thing, and it's always about that's the position, right? That's what we're discussing. That's going to be the end-all, be-all. This offense and this system has been in place for two years, right? Michael LaFleur, Robert Sala, they came at the beginning of 2021. I think it's fair to say that in the, what, they played 17 games last year, 10 games already this year, so 27 games. In the 27 games that they have been using this system to operate the offense, hands down, the most prolific and the most successful that it has looked on any given game day in terms of the passing game has been Halloween of last year with Mike White at the helm, right? Hey, I mean, we can't even sit here and dispute that. If you've watched all the games, Mike White threw for over 400 yards that day. And then the very next week, remember, it was a short week on a Thursday night. They go to Indianapolis. They lose. They get blown out. The Colts ran all over them. You know, that was when the Jets didn't have a defense. But Mike White started that game, got hurt in the first quarter. And then Josh Johnson came in off the bench. Remember Josh Johnson? Veteran. Guy's been on, like, every team in the NFL. That Josh Johnson. He comes in off the bench, and he throws for 300 yards that night. So on consecutive weeks, Jets put together a pretty effective passing attack. And then each and every time that Zach Wilson has gone out there since, you're sitting there saying, well, you know, why can't he do that? Why can't he have a night as successful as the Mike White game? Or even what Josh Johnson did coming in off the bench. And I know that sometimes coming off the bench, it's a little tricky there. But, you know, why have we not seen this offense mimic what we've seen other quarterbacks do themselves. And I think that that was a fair question, and maybe they were even asking that question themselves within that building. I think that they had to, you know, because plays are drawn up, and if a play doesn't work, you know, fans watch the game, and if it's unsuccessful, they say, oh, that's a horrible play call. What are you doing? Well, how do you know that it was a bad play call, and how do you know that it just wasn't executed properly? And, for example, when you go back and you watch this past Sunday's game and a lot of the throws that weren't made weren't executed, you watch the coaches' film, you watch the All-22, you see guys wide open down the field. And he just wasn't delivering the ball, whether he didn't see them, whether he didn't think he had the whatever. There were plays there to be made, and they weren't being made. And that's what led to this switch today, and I think it's something you had to do. 
Adams and Freehold. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Adam, what's going on? Good, sir. How are you? Adam, what's the word? Good. Happy Thanksgiving you, family, your friends, all the best. Adam, same Real to quick. you. Thank you, sir. Real quick. There is no way this kid, and that's what he is, he's a kid that he is mentally, he might be physically a specimen, and he might look good, have a strong, there's no way mentally this kid is ready. So inconsistent Buffalo game, last week's game. There is no way that he is ready for the NFL. No way. His head is crushed already. Forget about it. He'll never get a mojo back. Uh, we have seen him the last time throwing a pass as a, as a judge quarterback, and it should be. Now, whoever evaluated him, yes, maybe physically great talent at BYU, or BYU, BYU's line was fantastic, ding, ding, maybe, and he was coached great there. But maybe the kid, he just, he don't have it. And I think last thing, I think your your savior is your defense. Jets, the whole team is defense, and I think their offense is horrible. And I think we got to – Mike White's going to help, but I don't know. I would be doing the same thing. I want to trade. I want to trade if this guy doesn't get me the ball and I lost a year while this kid's throwing terrible passes and not being able to do it. And, and I lose a year. I'm a receiver, and I got all that talent. Why did I come to the Jets? Well, Adam, think about this. Think about this. And I thank you for the phone call. All right? You're spot on about the defense. I mean, we know that. Defense wasn't as good as it is. Maybe they're not even making this move because then it would be useless, right? It's like, why are we doing this? Our defense is, you know, needs a lot of work. Like I referred to earlier, you know, if you're doing this last year, which was a rebuilding season. This is different. This is a top defense. This is a team that could go places. This team could make the playoffs. Give teams a scare. They could line up and play with Virtually anybody in the league, in the trenches. You know, defense, run game, that's supposed to travel, especially late in the season. That'll take you a long ways, long ways. But not if you become a one-dimensional team. And it's no secret that they've had trouble at least becoming a little bit more honest in the run game, certainly since the Brees Hall injury. I think that's also a huge, huge absence for them. Remember, Brees Hall went down in that Denver game, and they really haven't run the ball with the exception of that last drive against the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago. They haven't run it to that level since. That is a big absence. Losing Elijah Vera Tucker on that offensive line, that is a big absence. However, that doesn't mean you can't move the football up and down the field and you can't still score points and at least hold up your end as an offense. And they think that right now Mike White's going to give him a better opportunity to do that than the guy that they had. Look, I'm not going to go um, – you can't dump on him as hard as, let's say, what Adam was doing. That's not fair because, remember, they were still 5-2 and two with him as the starting quarterback this year. I mean, if he was complete and utter garbage, they wouldn't have won the five games. And he had good moments. He made throws, right? I mean, he played pretty well against the Buffalo Bills. He had that fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. You know, the Miami game I thought was a pretty good game overall. So there's glimpses there. But you're looking to see that consistency, and then the bad habits develop. And I think that Robert Sala alluded to that earlier today. You get away from the bad habits, you start doing things that are a little unorthodox, you lose your mechanics, you know, then it starts playing mind games with you, and you're starting to maybe doubt some of the things that, you know, got you to this point. And they're calling it a reset. Call it whatever you want it to. They're trying to make the playoffs, they're trying to win games. And I think right now, there's a little bit, of a wavering of confidence, probably. 
and his ability to be the on-field leader of that offense to get them to that point. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll hear some of the comments from Robert Sala, Zach Wilson. We come back. Dan Gross' show till 930. Then it's Rangers Hockey right here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. So this was the coach of the Jets today. He goes by the name of Robert Sala, spoke to the media this morning, and was asked, why Mike White over Joe Flacco? Mike White, for all the same reasons I've talked about, he's won games with us. He does a great job in practice. He's done a great job in games for us. You know, he's extremely competent as a quarterback, and he's got the ability to make all the throws around on, on the football field and, and run the offense in the manner that we need to. And, you know, I said it three weeks ago or whatever it was that he'll be next to get an opportunity, and that opportunity is now. So what was Zach Wilson's reaction when he got the news coach that he was going to the bench? What you would expect from a player that he's not ready for the, or not not that he's not ready, but it's like, why now? Why me? I want to play. And, you know, obviously, you, but you expect that. But after a great conversation, I think we're on the same page. Does he want to be on the field? Of course he does. But I know if there's anyone that's going to be on the sideline cheering and, and ruin his teammates on and hoping Mike White freaking dominates, it's going to be him. All right, here was Zach, and he spoke to the media today in the locker room. Big gathering around the little makeshift podium that they have right in the middle of the uh, locker room there. Uh, what was his reaction to being benched? It's tough, man, and it's never fun. But you know, the first thing kind of went through my mind is I got to get to work. I gotta, you know, I gotta get better, and and I'm gonna approach that every single day. Just keep working to get better. What about did the teammates ask you at all about the comments that you made post game on Sunday? No, no one had said anything to me. It was a situation that I knew I had to bring up to them. You know, of course, just the way I handled it wasn't correct, and I've tried to talk to as many of them. You know, after the game. And you know, we talked about that yesterday. Was it a good look? Of course not. You know, especially in the aftermath of the game itself and how everything came to pass. But, but, and I can't stress this enough. If he goes out there and has a better performance on Sunday than the one that we all saw, nobody cares what the hell he said after the game. Nobody cares. Not a single person. Like, would be a non-story. If he played okay. But he didn't. Matter of fact, it was like the furthest thing from playing okay. And that's why you had to change. Now you take the comments and you pile on top of it because you're just looking to pile on. That's what this is. But it's the play that is going to dictate who plays and who doesn't more than anything else. That's the name of the game here. And a change was made. Dan in Long Island. He's up next. 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how are you? Yes, hi, Dan. Uh, two things and a question, please. 
I have to Thanksgiving. Same to um, you. Number one, uh, you left out one group of play, uh, a group, and that were the players that went to sell out to uh, the leaders to get them off, get them off the uh, not only off the uh, first team, but inactive. There's a reason why he's inactive because the players don't even want him involved. Number two, Lafleur, um, he's got to go. Wilson's like last or near to last in every statistical category. He is regressing. You're supposed to progress in the second year. Okay, so you know the guy. So you're blaming. Wait a sec. So wait a sec. Wait. Timeout. 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 So the quarterback gets benched because he's not playing well, right? And you're putting that on the offensive coordinator instead of on the player himself. He's been last in every statistic. Yeah. Well, you don't see a progression. You see a regression in it. But but is the but 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 Dan is the offense as a whole last? The offense as a whole is not. The quarterback himself might be, but the offense is not last. Well, whose responsibility is that? That's the offensive coordinator and the coach. But what happens, Dan? But let me ask you a question. You're you're putting it on the play caller. What happens if the plays are there to be made and they're not being executed properly by the guys out on the field? How is that on the offensive coordinator? Oh, you just look at Wilson on the field. I mean, he looks like he's lost. I mean, he's not prepared. That's part of coaching as well. I'm sorry. I understand what you're saying. But if you put Jimmy G on that team, this is my question to you. You put mm-hmm. Jimmy G on that team next year, okay? I think divisional playoffs is minimum they get to. I mean, you know. They I might get they to the divisional to... playoffs this year, Dan. But here's the point. And I no, thank you for the phone not call. Not it's not, it's not, you can't blame Mike LaFleur. Okay, for the reason that Zach Wilson has not taken leaps and bounds in year number two. That's not fair. I mean, you can't blame a coordinator because a guy who was drafted and brought into your team is not progressing at the rate at which you'd like. I mean, does it only count for the quarterback? Right? I mean, you know, Denzel Mims was drafted in the second round a few years ago. He hasn't necessarily made great strides. He's not exactly confusing anybody with Jerry Rice so far in his career. Are we going to fire the offensive coordinator because a wide receiver hasn't developed? You know, or what happens if you draft an offensive lineman who stinks? We, are we firing the offensive coordinator because a, a lineman is bad? No. They said that, Zach, you know what? We think that somebody else can operate this offense better than you. You know, Mike LaFleur was still the same guy last year calling the plays when Mike White threw for over 400 yards. Mike LaFleur is the same guy calling the plays when Joe Flacco went out there this year, threw for four touchdowns in one game, helped the Jets beat the Browns. Maybe it's just on the player. I think that's a little fair. You can't sit here and just start throwing coaches overboard because of that. That ain't right. Let's say hi to Jason and PA up next here on 98.7. Jason, how are you? Good, man. How's it going? Uh, listening to a lot of the callers, and I had a, a specific point, but I think I got to address some. I think it's a little pedestrian and simplistic to just say, Zach stinks. He's got to go. He's never going to play again. Uh, there's a reason why he was taken number two. And there's a reason why a lot of teams wanted him, not just the Jets. But that brings up my next point is... San Francisco wanted him. Let's be fair. San Francisco yeah, was going to move uh, heaven and earth to get him. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things I wanted to get at. Now, I like Douglas, but after a 2020 draft that's looking a little suspect, and I don't know if some of them are out of the league, uh, then you have Zach now, who everyone's saying is a bust. I don't agree. But if that's the case... And then if Elijah Moore is all of a sudden uh, invisible, this, Zach was the hand-picked guy to lead the offense, the hand-picked guy to lead the hand-picked offense. Mm-hmm. And does Joe not get any criticism here? Does he get away completely unscathed 
because that's a lot of high draft capital that we're that we're that we're not utilizing. How many other draft picks has he hit on over the last couple of years? Well, four dra- four first four picks in the top thirty six is a luxury that very few GMs have. But think, but, but Jason, think about this. 36. Are the Jets? Let me ask you this: Are the Jets right now six and four, and they have the potential to be in first place if they beat the Patriots without Sauce Gardner, without Brees Hall, you know, without Garrett Wilson? Absolutely not. And mm-hmm. and Sauce was a great draft pick. He was also the fourth pick overall in the draft, and he was there when when our our card came up. So. I mean, I'm not – and again, I like Douglas. I like what he's done. He's man, He took a terrible cap situation, and it's taken two years to kind of get that uh, straightened out. But that's a lot of high draft picks that, that we've got not producing and not playing for us right now that, you know, and I, and I can't write them off. I don't want to write Mims off. I don't want to write Elijah off, and I certainly don't want to write Zach off. Um, Jason, thanks for the phone call. Here's what I'll say. You're very, very, very fair to sit there and get on somebody for possibly swinging and missing on the number two overall pick in the draft. Very valid. But I don't think it's necessarily the right point in time because, as I said, big picture, you're six and four. You're right in the midst of a playoff race. You could still win this division. So if he had picked Zach Wilson – and this team was no better than last year. Like, if they had showed no improvement from last year, and they're sitting there, I keep throwing this number out there, 3-7, and seven, then by all means, you sit here and you attack the hell out of the guy who selected him. But to be fair about it, to me, the other players that Joe Douglas has drafted, signed, brought in here, far outweigh, far outweigh the minuses that the quarterback is getting right now, second overall. I mean, we, we're sitting here focusing on draft choices or whatever, but how about some of the moves he made in free agency? Look at the D.J. Reed signing. You think that when free agency started in the NFL, D.J. Reed was like a top five most coveted player around the National Football League when all these yo-yo sites put up, you know, the top free agents and, you know, where they think they're going to go? D.J. Reed wasn't a guy that, like, teams were tripping over to go sign. But Joe Douglas signed them, and D.J. Reed is playing at a Pro Bowl level. Jordan Whitehead from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Guy's having a great season. At the, he basically remade the secondary. The defense last year, Quan Alexander signing him off the street, right? That defense was ranked dead last in the NFL last year, 32nd. And in one offseason, with a few shrewd moves that they made in free agency and the draft, they're now easily a top three, four defense in the entire National Football League. The young players they brought in on offense, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, you know, drafted Elijah Vera Tucker last year in the first round. That dude was playing at a Pro Bowl level at three different damn positions this year before he got hurt. You know, signing Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama at, at tight end. You know, maybe their production goes up now in terms of catching passes now that you've got a different quarterback in there who might be able to see the field a little bit better. Overall, day late and a dollar short, at least for now, getting on Joe Douglas about picking the quarterback and maybe misfiring on him. There's way more good than bad happening with the New York Jets than just a quarterback that might not be the long-term answer as they envisioned. 800-919-3776. Dan Grass' show till 930 right here on 98.7 ESPN. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to do Behind Enemy Lines tonight. So joining us coming up at 8 o'clock, Tom Thayer. Good pal from the Bears Radio Network to preview the Jets' opponent. And Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN, will join us at 8.30 to talk about the Giants' foe coming up tomorrow. Talking Jets, though, the quarterback change. It'll be Mike White under center this after, or on Sunday afternoon, I should say against the Chicago Bears. Let's say hi to Nelson. He's in Seaford. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Nell? How's it going, buddy? What's up? Hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. Wishing and hoping for the best on Sunday. There's three things I want to cover. Uh, the first one, is it possible to, to formulate a trade, you know, include some first-rounders, some first rounders, second-rounders, and even Elijah. See if we can get, go after Aaron Rodgers. One. Two. I strongly feel that, you know, I, I find it, I agree. It's time to bench him, wake him up. You know, you might season him better, but at the end of the day, just the way it was done, I, I think it's a little demoralizing. And everyone's coming down hard on the kid. And Joe Douglas, listen, he's done right. He's drafting the right players. We just got to give him time. Some of them need, someone gets some late seasoning. Others, they come out like sauce and they just, they come out competing day in, day out. But at the end of the day, is it possible we can do something for Aaron? Two, I think they, they came down a little too harsh. It's a little demoralizing. It may hurt him more than do any good for him. But don't – why would you want somebody like – oh, we lost Nelson. But, Nelson, thanks for the phone call. Why would you want somebody as your quarterback, as your on-field leader, if it is going to be too demoralizing? And if it might, to the words that you used, hurt him. I don't want that guy as my quarterback. If he can't handle this, then what the hell is he going to be able to handle when the going really gets tough as your career moves forward? I mean, this is nothing. You know, you're in your second season. I mean, there have been a lot of quarterbacks that got benched earlier in their careers and then came back from it. Terry I Bradshaw want winners. I want people that want to win. Terry Bradshaw was benched earlier in his career. I think he turned out okay. Phil Simms was benched earlier in his career. Bill Parcells picked Scott Bruner over him. And he went on to become only a Super Bowl MVP. Did pretty good. Look. I can't sit here, middle of year number two, and tell you with certainty that Zach Wilson is going to be the end-all, be-all for the Jets for years to come. I can't do that because through 20 games, I have not seen enough to be convinced. Now, the Jets could go up there, and they could put a positive spin on everything and say, well, you know what? We still have a tremendous amount of faith in him. He's the guy. We think his, you know, his future is not done with the Jets, and that's all well and good. And you know what? I believe that to be true. But I also can't sit there and say that he's going to lead this team to Super Bowl championships and to glory, you know, 10 years down the road either. 
You know, I, I, I think they're mutually exclusive a little bit. And as Nelson was talking about, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I, look, let's put it this way. There will be a number of veteran quarterbacks available come the offseason. And you know what? There's always guys available that right now you and I might not even think are going to be available. Obviously, the Jimmy Garoppolo one is the most obvious because he runs the same system in San Francisco. He's a free agent, so all it's going to take is to sign him. And San Francisco can't franchise Jimmy Garoppolo. The way they restructured his last contract, one of the things was he cannot be franchised. So he could be had if that's the direction they want to go. And if you rewind and you go back to the podcast and you listen to the shows, you know, in the summer before the season started, what did I say? The Jets, if this Zach Wilson thing, if you still have uncertainty regarding Zach at the end of this season, at the end of year number two for him, they weren't going to use a high draft choice again on a quarterback. Because remember, next year's draft was being built as the quarterback draft. There was going to be like seven, eight guys in college football who were talented enough to be drafted in the first round. Now, as we've seen this season play itself out, which generally happens, you're not going to get that many guys go in the first round. Because those guys that we all pegged as first rounders, not every one of them have had good seasons. Okay? So what ends up happening? They believe in the roster. The roster is good enough to win. You know how I know that it's good enough to win? Because they benched Zach Wilson today. That's how I know it's good enough to win. And the standings say they're 6-4. and four. And they think it's going to be just as good, if not better, next year. Remember, 2023 was the season that the Jets identified that was going to be the year where they were ready to go for it. Now they're a little bit ahead of schedule. A funny thing happened on the way to 2023. It's called 2022. But next year, if you're going to have a team that's ready to rock and you just need somebody to sit in the driver's seat and and drive the bus, if it ain't this kid, then you're going to bring in a veteran who will get a legitimate shot to take the job from him. And right now, everything that I've seen through the first 10 games of the season doesn't make me really feel any differently. Who that veteran is, hey, remains to be seen, right? Remains to be seen. Mark in Newark. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Mark? Hey, Dan, what's going on? Mark, you tell me. Happy Man, Thanksgiving. I'm the happiest dude in the world. Let me, let me, let me first of all say that. You know what, Dan? All of these Jack Wilson apologists, <laughs> I got a tear in my beard. Look, straight facts. We got the most stingy, powerful defense, crazed dog defense in the NFL. Ain't nobody in no hurry to play against our defense. So, having said that, I know for a fact, because I've seen it with my own eyes, Zach knows how to run the offense. That's all. That's great. That's great. Does he have to have a laser cannon arm like Zach? No. But at least his arm, the ball goes to where he wants it to go. So, in closing, I will say this. I dare another team to try to get 20 points on us. Now, can we get 20 on them? I'll even break it down a little more. 17. 17 is going to be my benchmark. Whenever we score 17 more or point, more points or more a game, ain't no defense catching us unless it's the Kansas hey, City Mark. Chiefs. And they might even have Hey, Mark, control. if you scored six on Sunday, you would have walked off the field with a win. Thank you six. Very much. Let, let six. Let the team try to score 17 on us with Mike White as our quarterback, and we, we score 17. I bet you they don't get there. I bet you that. That's why the move was made today, Mark. Nothing more, nothing less. And I thank you for the phone call. That's why you got to make the move. You got to jumpstart this thing, you know? And we're not sitting there asking, or they're not sitting there asking Mike White, 
to go out there and throw 60, 70-yard bombs down the field. Let's see your arm strength. Let's see how you would fare at the combine. No. Wasn't this guy the one with the incredible arm talent and the guy who could throw the ball all over the field with his eyes closed wherever he wanted, make all the throws? That's great. But you know what? How about executing the offense and doing the simple stuff, doing the, the routine things that an NFL quarterback is supposed to do in this offense? You know, deliver the ball to the guy who's open. Start there. That's why Mike White is getting the start on Sunday. We come back. We'll do a little behind enemy lines, and we'll zero in on the Jets' opponent on Sunday, the Chicago Bears, because you know what? They got a second-year quarterback, too, who's certainly having a little bit more success than Zach Wilson. However, is he even going to play on Sunday? We'll find out. Tom Thayer joins us coming up next to talk a little Bears. Dan Grosser Show till 9.30, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>